Welcome to Too Old, Too New Comic Book Podcast. Welcome to Too Old, Too New, Episode 7. My name is Bill Beer, also known as Gotham Knight 13 on Twitter. And joining me, as always, is Seth Howard. Good evening, good afternoon, or whatever time you're listening. Get good the good afternoon. morning in there, I guess, good too. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening. So, if you're joining us for the first time, Too Old, Too New, we discuss two old comic books and two new comic books, meaning new within the last couple years and too old, older than that. Yeah, I was debating on the old one. I was like, what time frame did we set? <laughs> so, mine is nine, mine's nine years old, eight years old. So, okay. that's still old enough. That's yeah, old enough. I thought at one point we might have said five years and older. Okay, good. That's what I thought. I couldn't remember if it was five or ten. But I was like, I'm going to yeah. be in the middle. So. I don't think it was. Good. Do uh, Do you want to start off? Sure. Do we want to do the old one or the new one first? Doesn't matter. To- All right. Let me get. So I did something different this time for uh, my new comics. I finally uh, broke down. Not broke down, but decided to uh, try out Comixology. I know you read on there some, right? Yes. Mostly when they're sales. Gotcha. I thought I'd try it out mainly because there was a title that really interested me. And I, you know, it's funny. I've got it loaded and I'm backing up the page to get to the beginning. There we go. Um, cause it's a digital only as far as I know. And, um, so I thought, well, I should get it. I should get it, try it out. So I did. So it's interesting cause I'm not actually running it on my tablet. I got, I lost my tablet somewhere around the house. So I've got it on my laptop. So, so it's, it runs a little bit slower, I guess, on my laptop. Maybe. I don't know, but. It's a fun title. This is for my new issue, I guess. Um, this is the first issue of it. There's Sun issue three right now, but it's Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. Ah. So, yeah. So, um, uh, pretty great. If you haven't, have you read any of the Batman 66 comic? I read the first one when it was released. Okay. Gotcha. But that's it. Okay. Cool. So, uh, I was able to meet, um, Jeff Parker, uh, who was the writer of that. Was it Mark Andreco also? Was there? Um, they did a signing in Portland okay. a couple years back. And so, cause I, I guess they, I think they both live there actually. If I'm correct. I could be wrong. Um, but either way, I got my first, um, trade, the hardback trade of the first Batman 66 sign and everything's really cool to meet him. Such a fun comic, I think. Um, I grew up, um, not watching Batman 66 as it was on. Obviously I watched it on rerun as right. a kid after school. So. So I've always had a, you know, Batman 66 has been uh, a soft spot for me because it's that that light and fun, crazy Batman. You know, last time we spoke about we want Batman as this brooding solo guy, but I still love Batman 66. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you've got to love it. And then was it last year or two years ago when they released the original Batman 66 all on Blu-ray? It's gorgeous. It's beautiful to watch. It's nice. It's all cleaned up and the color is amazing. So if you haven't gotten that, get it. Um, and here's an interesting fact I'll tell people about Batman 66 and a kind of a connection to me, which I think is just a little, and I just found this out last year, two years ago. Uh, my grandfather was in world war two, was in the Navy and he served on a ship called the USS Cavalier. It is the same ship that Cesar Romero served on during world war two. So, wow. That's cool. So my grandfather and Cesar Romero probably would have ran into each other on the ship. It wasn't a large ship, um, uh, during that time. So it's crazy, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just kind of neat how that uh, works out uh, with that. So I thought it was great. 
anyway, um, Cesar Romero, my grandpa. So kind of a connection for me just because that's who my grandfather um, was on a ship with. So I always thought it was cool. And this was, you know, Cesar Romero was a big Hollywood actor. Um, he uh, enlisted in the Navy. And then after World War II, obviously, he got was still in film. And then he joined uh, the Batman. Never shaved his mustache, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was cool. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, little side note there with uh, kind of a connection. Not really, but it's just kind of neat tidbit about my life as far as my grandfather and stuff. So Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. Obviously, Wonder Woman 77 is Linda Carter, uh, which is great. With this comic, it's so great because even the art style, um, this is written by Mark Andreco and Jeff Parker. Penciler is David Hahn. Inked by Carl Kessel, colorist is Mad Pencil, letterer is Wes Abbott. And so, yeah, uh, the art style looks kind of, it's those pastel colors and that bright, brilliant color looks like uh, you're watching the show, honestly, which is great. Uh, the opening page sequence, uh, you see a big uh, word bubble says, meow, I'm in. So that tells us who's there. Cat Obviously, it's going to tell us that Catwoman's there. And in this, they're doing the Eartha Kit Catwoman, which is great, because if you didn't watch Batman 66... There were two different Catwoman. Cat, would it be Catwoman's? Catwomen. Which one would it be? Both sound think. good. Good, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so it's doing the Earth Cat. And uh, there's another lady standing outside that says, very fast Catwoman. And she goes, I am a professional. Though this did seem more like a bookworm job, because here comes Catwoman jumping out of the window with just a book. She goes up to the gal talking to her, and uh, the lady says, yes, but... Uh, once he saw how rare this is, he could, he wanted to have it turned over. Catwoman's got her arm around the other lady saying, then you chose well then lady, because I don't even have a bookshelf at that time though. In the picture, it shows that Catwoman's taking a necklace off the lady who she's talking to. So the lady who hired her for a gig, basically she's stealing from her, which is perfect. Catwoman. She doesn't realize it. Exactly. Yeah. At that moment, all of a sudden the Batmobile speeds up and all of a sudden Robin's jumping out of it already. And this is, again, Batman 66, so it's the Burt Ward Robin. So, uh, stop right there. We were tipped off by Mr. Finley's silent alarm. Holy silent alarm. Exactly, yeah. Uh, well, the lady that hired uh, Catwoman pushes her and goes, this requires more of your skills, and pushes her. Catwoman says, you set me up. And at that moment, we see Robin running towards her. They're going back and forth fighting Robin and Catwoman. And Catwoman's telling the other lady, I don't like being manipulated. And all of a sudden, Batman shows up, and we don't like breaking and entering. So... <laughs> Total Batman 66 style. Batman jumps in, takes a swing. Robin's just in the back watching. And here's where it gets interesting. So the woman runs to the car, and there's a, a figure sitting in the back, and it says, do we have the right book at last, Talia? And she says, yes, Father. Catwoman came through. Now she helps us get away. So it's Ra's al Ghul and Talia. So they're introducing them into the Batman 66 universe, which is great. This line that Catwoman says, I warn you, handsome, talking to Batman, bats are merely rodents with wings. Rawr. And Bat uh, Batman says, a tortured metaphor, Catwoman. And when you read these, you just hear Adam West saying it or Burt Ward saying it, you know. So they're scrapping a little bit more fighting. Batman actually takes his cape off and just throws it around Catwoman and catches her. You know, he's got her wrapped up in his cape. He's asking Catwoman, uh, who was she? Why did she want that book? And Catwoman says, her name was Talia. That's all I know. She gave me nice advance fee in gold, so I didn't get personal with her. <laughs> but I did manage to take something of hers there in my pouch, and it's a necklace. It says, if it helps you find her, maybe you'll put in a good word at my parole hearing. <laughs> so, it, again, they're hammy just like the 66. And here's your favorite part, Bill. 
Robin's holding on the necklace and says, holy hieroglyphics. That looks really old. (laughs) (laughs) There's a YouTube video out there that has Robin was holy. Yes. So good. And Batman says, it is. He goes, according to the Bat computer, it's been found in carvings and old text referring to a dangerous cult called the League of Shadows. So, yeah. And so Robin's all the League of Shadows. And I love the old Bat computer. It's got the tape that it prints out and, you know. Batman's sitting there holding on to it, reading the tape. <laughs> so that's that's kind of interesting because the League of Shadows isn't the first time that that turned up was in Batman Begins because it was the League of Assassins. Yes, yeah, as far as the movie, right? Yeah, yeah they called. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And now they sort of brought the League of Shadows back in Detective, right. but th- that's kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. So how they're calling it? Yeah, in here. So or it could be an editorial issue, and they just missed it. So right. yeah. So. <laughs> We'll know that after this podcast is released, and then I'm sure DC Comics will issue a retraction. Hey, thank you to Too Old, Too New. We missed this in Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to (laughs) happen. So, sir, the doctor says Mr. Finley is fine after Catwoman's sleeping scratch. Oh, there was a part earlier. It shows Mr. Finley laying in the chair with the uh, three scratches on his cheek and sleeping because Catwoman has her sleeping scratch. Uh. And uh, Batman had mentioned earlier that there was a silent alarm that was triggered. And all of a sudden, Robin's like, you never told me when, uh, when we raced out, why did, his, why did his safe have an alarm set to alert us in the Batcave? So the alarm went straight to the Batcave. And Robin's asking, why is that? And he goes, what was in his safe? Batman explains there was a book, one of two very rare volumes. And it says that mysterious forces have been after for years, prompting me to borrow Finley's edition and photograph each page. Alfred remembers says the night we met one of the greatest heroes the world has ever known and out Al- and alfred says yep two decades ago and of course you get the robin going gosh so now we know we're going to get a story the story goes alfred kind of starts talking about it and it shows a younger alfred and says the wayne foundation welcomes you well they were holding an auction at wayne manor and there's all the city bigwigs and stuff there and bruce is talking about how he was bored you know he wanted to get in with all the adults and uh alfred's saying no um, but all of a sudden it says, maybe you could show this young lady your toys. It says, the mystery lady who hired Catwoman was there then, albeit much younger. Young Bruce talking to a little girl and says, um, hello. And uh, you can see Ra's al Ghul's cape standing behind the girl. It says, Thomas Wayne Scion, surely. And the little girl says, I'm Talia. And he goes, exactly the sort of future mover and shaker you need to be meeting. Hello, Bruce. And he goes, now run about, children. None of this is interesting to you. And Talia says, I'm hungry, father. Bruce says, let's go to the kitchen. So they go to leave into the kitchen and they open the door and they're like, oh, excuse me, ma'am. Oh, I mean, officer. And you open the door and well, there's Diana standing uh, in her uniform versus as Wonder Woman. She's in her uniform and uh, says, what are kids doing here? And this other lady says, oh, I ain't the adorable. And Bruce says, I live here. So um, he talks about how he wished he could help with the war, but I'm still in elementary school. So remember, it's Batman 66. So this is in the 40s. The timeline is with this because it was two decades ago. Right. And, oh, Captain Trevor. There we go. It says his name anyway. It says Captain Trevor meant that auctions are pretty boring for children. Um, so go on and play. So they go and play. And uh, anyway, it shows now Bruce. Oh, so that was Bruce telling the story. Sorry, because then all of a sudden it shows a box and it's Alfred talking. It says, allow me to recount from here, Master Bruce. That was when I realized the Air Force officer suspected Nazi subterfuge. So basically Diana there, Captain Trevor and someone else was there because they were thinking there might be fifth columnist for the Reich, is what Diana says at one point. So Alfred takes over, and the auction begins. Um, all of a sudden, these two rare books come up, and a huge bidding war starts out. At the, the bidding was supposed to start at 500. A guy says 700. 
800. Then all of a sudden, Ra's al Ghul bids 1,000. And then it goes 2,000, 3, $5,000. So the bidding goes back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, Mr. Finlay, the guy from the beginning of the story, had won for $11,000. As he's leaving, Ra's al Ghul approaches him and says, Excuse me, Mr. Finlay, but as an antiquarian, I would like to offer you twice what you paid for those books. And he says, I can deliver payment tomorrow. And all of a sudden, this guy comes, the other guy who was bidding says, as can I, sir, but at five times that price. And Mr. Finlay says, thank you, gentlemen, but I have searched for these books my whole life. They are not for sale. The second guy who has been bidding says, then they will be free. And you got to read them in a German accent because you find out. Conrad, take the box. And he goes, ja. So this big blonde dude comes up to take the box. And all of a sudden, you can see three members of the League of Shadows appear out of nowhere with a scepter. It says, Conrad, your commandant is compromised. The book's still be coming with me. And all of a sudden, the other guy goes, Voss East? <laughs> so the big blonde guy is all, gunman, schnell. So they're fighting. And all of a sudden, uh, Thomas Wayne comes out. He goes, I won't have weapons brandished in my home. And Martha says, Thomas. And he goes, uh, the German guy says, oh, I plan to deal with you too, Mr. Wayne. And at that moment, he throws off his jacket, and you can see he's wearing a Nazi uniform underneath his coat. And then three Nazi soldiers show up also. (laughs) So those books are going to the Fuhrer's personal library where you can find unstoppable weapons lost to the world. And we're going to make an example to other elites who would raise money to fight the fatherland. So, and Martha Martha Wayne is in the background. Nazis in our home. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Captain Trevor appears up. Don't be rude to our lovely host. How about we deal with this soldier to soldier? Diana and the other lady are kind of looking from the background, and the other lady says, uh, Steve's outnumbered, Steve Trevor. And she goes, not for long, Etta. And the next thing you know, it cuts to Bruce and Talia's little kids. They're peeking around a corner. They hear the adults kind of arguing, and Bruce says, what's that officer doing? And it's Diana. And, of course, it, then he says, what I saw next was the most incredible thing I'd experienced up until then. That lady officer was no ordinary yeoman. And so it shows Diana doing her spin to turn into Wonder Woman. <laughs> says gosh then it says to be continued so kind of a fun introduction to get the two shows together even though you know they were a decade apart on tv to get them in the same comic so for me it's fun i've gotten the other comics now and read them and it's been a fun story to see batman 66 and wonder woman 77 uh together in a story so it's been it's been a lot of fun to read so definitely recommend it if you want just a fun basic story to read uh it's great to to read so yeah yeah did you ever see that DC animated movie they put out a few months ago that had uh, Batman and Robin 66 and they used the oh, original yeah, voices? Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Okay, very good. So I guess we're on to my new book. And my new book I picked, um, picked I was kind of looking forward to it, kind of like cringing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say event book, a lot of times, and I don't know if this is necessarily a, an event book or crossover or what you want to call it, but my pick was Justice League versus Suicide Squad, number one. And it's written by Joshua Williams. The okay. art is by Jason Fabok. Alex Sinclair is your colorist. Lob, Rob Lay is your letterer. This book starts out Death Valley, California. You see somebody walking up to a couple guards to let him in this door that they're guarding and you find out they're at the catacombs which is the most top secret prison in the world mm. and it's constructed only to 
pals, a handful of convicts. And the person that walks up to the guards, he tells the guards to shoot themselves, and they shoot themselves. Hmm. And when he goes in the door, there's a guy in front of a computer, and he says, you can't be in here. And he says, open them up, to open all the, the cells up. He says, why would you do this? And the guy, you still don't see his face or anything, and he says, I believe in second chances. He releases the convicts. A bunch of guards come in, and the convicts starts taking them out. There's different panels, the way they've taken out. You can see that these are super villains. I need a couple brave souls that are willing to take the weight of the world, willing to put their lives on the line for others. <laughs> I believe all of you understand this more than most. He says, now follow me into the heart of darkness, and you see the whole complex just explode. They're walking out of the explosion, and it's a group of people. All you do, all you see is their silhouettes. You don't see anything more. Nice. We get to a full parade spread of the Suicide Squad in action. They're on this island called Bonista. Familiar with that one? Bonista. Bonista. No. <laughs> you have the Suicide Squad fighting, and apparently they have been sent in because the Death Cult Brimstone of Brotherhood, okay. the Death Cult Brimstone of Brotherhood, has stolen a Quake Pulsar. The, their leader is called Apex, so it looks like a, a poor man's Skeletor. Oh, nice. <laughs> and on the Suicide Man? Squad... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and on the Suicide Squad, you have Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, Deadshot, Killer Frost, Captain Boomerang, El Diablo, and Enchantress. And Rick Flagg, who's in this book, he didn't go on this mission, and he's just told by Marilyn, Amanda Waller, he said, it was short notice, you couldn't go, so he's going to be sent out there to extract the team. And they're trying to destroy these terrorists before he, he takes this, basically, orb. It looks like an orb and destroys this island. It's kind of cool how everybody's introduced mm -hmm. in different panels. It says, like, if you're reading this for the first time and you're really not familiar with the Suicide Squad, it has, like, Killer Croc, Brawler, Bad Breath Like Bad Sushi, oh, okay. and Deadshot, Expert marksman has a death wish just it goes through the whole the whole line of and that the, there's per, some pretty cool interactions between the suicide squad as they're going back and forth killer frost apparently is a new to the suicide squad so she's just learning the ropes and that they have bombs planted in their their head yeah so they finally meet with this apex who's holding this orb and he knocks them off their feet, this, like, quake device. And he said, basically, he's going to destroy this island and them with it. And he's going to sacrifice himself for whatever reason. So then we switch back to the Justice League, or we see the Justice League for the first time. They're having a discussion about the Suicide Squad that... Batman's been taking notes. He knows, he's figured out that there's this task force named Suicide Squad with Amanda Waller, and they're taking out these criminals who should be behind bars and taking them to do uh, jobs or missions, and they get time off their sentence, which is wrong. They shouldn't be able to do that with these villains, and these villains should not be able to go free early no matter what they do. And... As far as the roll call for the Justice League, you got Batman, Superman, 
Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, and your two new Green Lanterns, Jessica and Simon. So, but the art in this is incredible. That's one of the the big things. So, nice. Yeah, Batman mentions that Amanda Waller broke into Batcave and got some files, and it it, it mentions that yeah, I guess it was in Batman number thirteen or something like that that she appeared in the Batcave to, to steal some files. But I don't know how she would have broke into the Batcave. Can we but have this discussion? That's time? that's another <laughs> that's, that's another story. Right. So Cyborg picks up where they're at right now, and he says they're on this island, Batista, so they're going to go and confront the Suicide Squad. In the meantime, Suicide Squad's fighting the villain with this quake orb. And then all of a sudden, while everything's rumbling, there's a shot hits Apex right in the forehead, takes him out. And you see that it's a dead shot up on top of a building, and it looks like they've won. But the building... Deadshot is on, it's unstable, and it's starting to collapse. So it collapsed while Deadshot is on it, and he's like, this isn't good, I need help. And they're saying, Enchantress, use your magic. Well, she's out cold. She got knocked in the head or something. So Deadshot is looking around the building to see if he can jump or anything like that. So he takes out a picture of him and his daughter, puts him to his forehead and he tells amanda waller he says i'll see you in hell basically and he lays back because he's gonna die underneath him gone and he's falling and then next page someone says not today dead shot and superman swoops in and picks him up and they save some of the people in this village and then batman says task force x is over dead shot you're all gonna come along willingly well you know how that's gonna work out right <laughs> right <laughs> It's a big fight. But start off, Amanda Waller says, if any of you get caught, you're dead. So don't let the Justice League catch you, or I'm going to make the bomb go off in your head, and you're going to be dead anyway. So well, That's fake. There's... We have to not about that. No. <laughs> that's right. So there's this awesome two-page spread uh, with they're all fighting. Nice. It's kind of interesting who's fighting who in this. So Deadshot is up against Batman. Superman is fighting Enchantress was kind of interesting because... His weakness is magic. Yeah, he doesn't do magic too well. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman against Killer Croc. Okay, yep. (laughs) Killer Frost and Cyborg. Captain Boomerang and the Flash. Yep. The one that makes no sense at all is Harley (laughs) Quinn and Wonder Woman. (laughs) Right. How's that even a matchup? And she has a mallet in one hand and a pistol in another. What? Nice. Okay. Nice. Awesome two-page spread. I'll have to... Nice. Awesome two-page spread. And that's all you see. They're mid-fight, and then it switches over to the Swiss Alps. And you have this mysterious person that broke out all these villains, and he says, I love this world, but something has happened. There's been a change. It seems like I'm the only one who can see that humanity is broken. And the people with their powers to fix it don't know how. We can take advantage of that. It's why I freed you from that prison. You were forgotten. Together we can finish something I started a long time ago. And if you help me find what I'll need, I'll help you get what you want. All of you. I'll help you kill Amanda Waller. And then you have another two-page spread of all the villains. And they list them out here, just so if you don't know who they are. And there's a couple people I don't, I'm not totally familiar with. We got 
Dr. Polaris, which I've heard of. Emerald Empress. Don't know who she mm. is. Johnny Sorrow. He was like a JSA villain. Right. From Rustum, who Rustum. has like a... Yeah, R-U-S-T-E-M. He has like a flaming sword. And Lobo, the original Lobo. Oh, not the Hot Topic Lobo? Come on. No. no. <laughs> and Lobo's sitting at this table with his feet up and says, Say we do all that. What's in it for you? And then it shows your mysterious person. And he says, Me, I'm going to save the world. And it's Maxwell Lord. Oh my and gosh. His, and his nose is, nose is bleeding. That's how the issue ends. But this, it, I thought it was very action-packed and very well done, and the art helps it a lot. This is the the new 52 introduction, rebirth introduction to Maxwell Lord, which okay. yeah. we knew as being dead previously, but he's not dead here. But this was spoiled like a month ago in, in some of the books with the villains, oh. which makes the impact a little less because I knew... Who that was at the beginning uh, okay. going into yep. So the last picture we see of him when Diana breaks his neck, like when she cracks it, uh-huh. there's blood coming out of his nose. Well, if you, re- you remember, his nose bleeds. He can push people to do th- different things. Right, yeah, because he's like he the dad does that. from Firestarter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was thinking it was because an image of, you know, after she broke his neck, his nose is bleeding. So it would be interesting how they reintroduce him. I mean, how he back in, I guess, the universe. So Well, in the Justice League issue that came out this month also after was basically Maxwell Lord Rebirth. Oh, okay, gotcha. So okay. it kinda introduced his he was he was with Checkmate. It's not the the Maxwell you know, the early Maxwell Lord with a JLI type of thing. Oh, it's like yeah. the Checkmate Maxwell well, Lord. It sorta of was the same, but he was taking out a lot of the check the, his partners and checkmate they weren't they weren't um didn't have healthy lives or long lives that's too f- but very interesting i got all i pre-ordered all all the six so oh, okay cool nice I'm very interesting that was very my, cool. my new book i'll have to pick it up check it out so especially if it's got good art you know me i'm a sucker for yeah. good art so. unfortunately i don't think i got issue two here uh, it has different art in different issues Oh, which it's weekly, but I wish they would have kept the same artist. I have three and four, and three has Jesus Marino, which it's okay, but Amanda Waller looked like she gained fifty pounds. Well, you know they got to bounce them back and forth. Which Waller are they using then? Because remember there was controversy a few years back when they introduced her on TV. She was a lot skinnier, and that was a big yeah. You know, well, I think they went back to her a little hefty, but depending on the artist, I guess it. And they keep going back and forth on her, so yeah. And then the fourth one has Fernando Passerin. Hmm. I haven't heard of him, no. Well, cool. See, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around this lineup of the Suicide Squad. So that's just me, though. So <laughs> because now we go to our old, our old books. And it's funny that you did Suicide Squad because my old book also has a member of, well, the current Suicide Squad. Um, but my book, and I love this series. Um, I wish the second iteration of the series was better. I guess technically the third one, but this is, uh, Secret Six first issue from November 2008. Yeah. 
So the secret six. I love it. Um, written by Gail Simone. Uh, Nicholas Scott did the uh, art and then Doug Hazelwood, I believe, did the colors on it. You've read the secret six run, right? Yes. I read the, the first one and I read most of the second kind of yeah. tailed off at the end. Yeah. I, yeah. The relaunch of it just wasn't that good. And that was because it was, uh, it was, uh, Gail Simone writing it, you know, so. And there were some delays in there too, you know, so, cause she's writing Red Sonia right now also. Yeah, it was just unfortunate cause I love Secret Six, man. So, so Secret Six, the, the, this iteration of Secret Six relaunched during, well, it was at the end of 52, I believe, wasn't it with Heroes, uh, Villains United? Villains United, yes. Yeah, Villains United was a little six part miniseries. Um, that's back when they had, um, <laughs> Ragdoll had his Parademon. Right, right. <laughs> Ragdoll and a Parademon. Um, the Mad Hatter was a part of it, but he was a freak in it. And anyway, at the end of that, you know, they Ragdoll pushes, you know, Mad Hatter off a cliff or something or <laughs> says there's only room for one freak in here. Right. <laughs> so um, that was my first introduction to uh, The Secret Six. And I love it. It's probably it only lasted 36 issues, I believe. So it was three years. Yep. Um. It had a couple of crossovers that were pretty cool. There was a crossover with the Justice League at one point, uh, which was neat in one issue. I'm trying to think what other issues. Man, such a great off the wall, quirky run, I guess. And I think it's really because of the characters that were in it. So on the cover of this one, you look and the, the art for most of these covers was amazing too. So this cover shows Catman, Ragdoll, Scandal Savage, which is Vandal Savage's daughter, and then Deadshot. And, um, so basically, like I said, it lasted 36 issues. I believe they're all available in trade. The whole run now is available in trade. I think it's three volumes or, yeah, it should be three volumes or maybe four volumes. Yeah, I think so. Three guys stand in front of a building that says the bear trap. Two of the guys are in uh, plaid suits. Uh, one of them's green. The other's kind of a reddish color, reddish orange. And if you've ever seen like Matt King, the magician, that's what the suit looks like. So, and the one guy in the middle, he's like, uh, he's going to kill me. I know I didn't do anything. One guy saying, Mr. Shelton, I don't see what uh, what good that kind of chatter will bring you. Do you, Aaron? The other guy says, it's stinking thinking. That's what it is. And so, and these are guys are a couple big guys. They're twins, and they're much bigger in here. Well, as as they walk into the building, there's a guy just wearing a thong and like a vest, carrying some drinks on a tray. <laughs> and uh, he's like, please help me. I don't want to die. Please, please, for the love of God. And the the waiter guy with the the drink says, hey guy, guy, listen. I don't even handle food here. You want a drink for the long road? I'm your girl. So, and the next panel shows, well, they're in a male strip club is where they're at. So they're walking into the back of it to another room and they lead the guy in and they're going down some stairs and the guy's still going, uh, but he doesn't, I've never seen him. No one ever sees him. And uh, they're trying to reassure him. The two tall guys that are, that are twins are trying to reassure this guy. Cause he's just terrified. So you go to the next page and uh, one of the guys says, my life coach says that's bad, too, just giving false hope and all. And he goes, someday, Brother Bam, I'm going to put two slugs in your damn wise-ass nosy poker life coach's eyes. And they're both putting blindfolds on, the two big guys in the plaid suits. The guy who's they're taking back there says, is is that him? Oh, God, please, please just let me go. And you see him standing there, and all there is is there's a trunk uh, with a latch and then a small table and a phone next to it. And uh, the big guy says... Nah, you've got to make it, uh, you got to make it right, Mr. Shelton, what you've done. You got to explain it to the boss. It says, go stand in front of the crate, Mr. Shelton. Go stand and testify and you'll be back in your bed by midnight. 
And the other one says, you can do it, Mr. Shelton. Don't let them knees buckle, man. We're counting on you, Mr. Shelton. Imagine, persevere, achieve. And the one guy says, nice fellow, that Mr. Shelton. He goes, yeah, he got me scotch for Christmas. Did I tell you that? The good stuff. And uh, the other guy goes, yeah, nice. You got the tape recorder? He goes, it's all digital now. Well, all of a sudden, the crate starts talking to Mr. Shelton. And the crate says, you know who I am? And he goes, what? He goes, I mean, yes, of course. You're the man. You're junior. You run the entire West action, West Coast action, the entire thing. Everyone says you. And uh, Shelton, uh, the voice in the crate says, say more, says, they say you never leave the basement, that you run every mob west of the Mississippi with just the phone and a notepad. They say even the 100 and inner gang pays you points. Don't like to be seen, is what the guy in the crate says. says, and that you don't like to be seen. I'm not brave, Mr. Junior. All of a sudden, the voice from the crate says, where is she? Why did you help her steal from me? And Mr. Shelton says, I didn't know that that bitch. You could beep that if you need to, but that's what it says. <laughs> it says, she tricked me. She told me she loved me. She said, she said you wouldn't even miss it. At that moment, you see the lid from the crate starting to lift up. It says, believe you. Feel I can trust you. We'll show you my true self. And uh, Mr. Shelton's down there. She's like, no, please don't. I didn't see anything. And uh, the crate, the voice in the crate says, choose Shelton. You have wife and daughters. They die or you die. They die or you die. And uh, he keeps saying that. They die or you die. Blood spills. There's yours. There's yours. And all of a sudden, Mr. Shelton says, they die. They die. And his body just gets pulled into, by, into the crate by uh, these hands. And he goes, say it. Say that you choose they die. He goes, I choose they die. I choose they die. And all of a sudden, the hands just pull him into the crate anyway. And he goes, that is the choice everyone makes. And you hear him scream and the door shut, the, the lid shut on the crate again. So pretty messed up. Uh, next scene, then it shows a car driving. And in the car is Catman and uh, Deadshot. And they're just in regular street clothes, you know. They're just kind of having a conversation. And basically, there's a backstory to where Catman went kind of nuts out in the bush. Um, if you don't know Catman's background, he used to live with a pack of lions. He went just kind of kind of crazy because the first issue is called Unhinged. Part one at the point of puncture. So, uh, and it kind of does a flashback picture. And there you see Catman with two knives that are just bloody and a pile of bodies in front of him. And he's completely naked. Him and, uh, Floyd or a uh, dead shutter talking. And, uh, Catman says, you know, a lot of men died ugly and were left to rot and worse. And dead shot says, I don't see the upset. I have it on good authority that guys die all the time. Uh, uh, you ask me to believe you care. And it goes back to these flashbacks. And uh, it shows Catman saying, uh, you know, them saying to Catman, please, we'll stop. We'll turn ourselves in. Please don't kill us. And Catman's got these brass knuckle looking things with his claws, which is his regular weapon, says, yeah. I'm not going to kill you. Um, then it goes back to present time where Catman and uh, Deadshot are walking into a little convenience store called Grab and Go. And, and basically Deadshot's kind of tell him, you know, it's not about having feelings. Feelings are overrated, basically, is what the story's going with them. They walk into the store. And, um, the store clerk kind of points up at the window, is kind of pointing and Catman sees it. And Floyd could see in the mirror that there's a guy down behind, uh, one of the shelves with a gun. And, uh, they're still just kind of talking and Floyd walks over and grabs a little thing of, uh, ice cream. All of a sudden the guy stands up behind him. He's got a gun to the back of Deadshot's head. There's another guy there. And then, uh, and then another guy with a shotgun. So there's three total of them with guns. Uh, next page, it says three hours later, and it goes back to the two twins and the crate. And um, the guy says, boss, and the crate says, finished. We'll need garbage bag, cleaner, uh, cleanser, new crate. And the guy's writing this stuff down. He says, of course, you got it, boss. And then the voice says, arrange parts in amusing fashion. His living room, family should find him first, daughters preferably. Leave tape, him begging me to kill them instead. Believe they have dog, kill dog. 
And they're like, okay, whatever you say, boss. The voice keeps talking. It's now know where she will, uh, where she will be taken. Still world's most valuable object. Only thing I care about. Need one more thing. And they're like, yeah, we're here for you, boss. He goes, no, also is transporting her. Six individuals, not serious threat. San Francisco to Gotham. He goes, we'll need an outfit. We'll perhaps enjoy beautiful weather for change. And that's the voice talking to the, the twin guys again. So right. it keeps bouncing back and forth in the, in the story. So then it goes back to the grocery store. And um, the one guy is um, one of the bad guys. The bad guys. The Secret Six are bad guys also. But one of the guys who are holding up the, uh, the little convenience store has a gal with his arm around her neck, pulling her ponytail. He's got a gun saying, I'll execute her. And uh, Deadshot and Catman are just like wanting to pay for the ice cream. It's pretty funny. They're just, they're still having their conversation about feelings and everything. And they're like, we just want to pay. Um, and, uh, cause basically Catman's in love with Huntress is what you find out. You know, he's kind of hooked up on her. And that's from Villains United. If you read that story, there's a little bit of backstory there. Right. And, uh, so they're still trying to check out. And also the guy puts the gun right in the back of Deadshot's head and says, do you blink and hear my voice, dead man? You're dead if you don't put your hands up. And he goes, hey, I just got, what is, what is this? It's that girl, the Hunter's Broad. So he's still talking to Catman, even with the gun at his head. And the other guy's saying, do it, Danny, do it. They're still talking about the Hunter's back and forth. And uh, he's getting ready to say something to Catman. He goes, hold that thought. So just as they're about to do that, it flashes to the House of Secrets, which, if you know, the House of Secrets was an old comic back in the day at DC. And uh, that's where the Secret Six is staying. And there um, is, uh, we see... Uh, Scandal Savage basically passed out on a bed and Ragdoll is all contorted, uh, walking and talking to her and trying to entertain her. Um, because if you've read Villains United without spoiling something, well, I guess I'll spoil it because we're a spoiler podcast. Scandal's girlfriend dies. So it's a uh, big Barda, right? Yeah, big Barda, um, dies. And so they're trying to cheer her back up. Basically, Ragdoll is. Bane is standing there just kind of watching and says she vomits because she's just been drinking. There's, you know, booze bottles all around her. Flashback to the convenience store. And at this point, Deadshot is just beating the crap out of the guys, trying to hold him up. So smashes the guy in the face with his elbow, smashes another guy's face in the case, grabs the gun from the guy. And he's basically telling them how to rob the store. This is what you got to do. Uh, he goes, he goes, amateurs. Okay, you don't respect me, that's fine, but you better blank and well respect the gun. And that's when he slams the guy's face in the case. He goes, first, you put it right up against the target so he can see it. He moves, he dies. Get it? Second, speak slow and quiet. The screaming causes panic. Empty the register, Dave, you heard me. So the guy at the register empties it. He goes, now this, this goes with me because you're too dumb to earn it. And he says, skinheads, more like pinheads, because the guys are all out shaped heads. Yeah. And then he goes, and these go with me because, uh, uh, your shocking lack of security. And he grabs all these cigarettes. So so they walk out of the store, Catman and Deadshot. And Deadshot tells Catman, so you're thinking of going straight? Catman says, thinking about it. And he goes, I don't believe I don't believe it, Catman, for two reasons. One, I'd have to kill you. And he goes, and B, you just left two defenseless potential witnesses with a gang of humiliated racist scumbags. Didn't even blink. And Catman goes, damn it. And he goes, think I'll wait here, Superman. So Catman walks back in and just beats the crap out of the three skinheads. So goes back in, beats the crap out of them. Well, they all end up back at the House of Secrets. Um, Catman and Deadshot arrive. Now they're all in full costume and stuff, and they're trying to get Scandal Savage out. And there's a huge birthday cake. And Catman says, look, we know you've been hurting since since what happened to Knockout. Oh, I said Big Barda. It was Knockout, not Big Barda. Sorry. 
for messing up the comic world. It's <laughs> knockout. <laughs> and uh, he goes, look, we know you've been feeling pretty bad. And there's this huge cake. And all of a sudden, he goes, happy birthday, Papa. And it was a big uh, a woman dressed like knockout popped out of the cake. And uh, she's halfway drunk. Um, Scandal still is and kind of thinks it's her. And uh, she goes, okay, okay, knockout. She goes, well, it's Liana, but hey, cutie, tonight I'm whoever you want me to be. And Bane says, this does not seem moral, morally defensible. <laughs> and Deadshot says, yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh, so they're basically trying to hook her up with a, a stripper from a birthday cake. So, because they've, they've paid for her. It eventually turns out, you know, Scandal's trying to get in her head. Okay, maybe he can. And says, nope, nope, never mind. Scandal wears these claws on one of her arms. This one retractable claw on her left arm. And all of a sudden it shows uh, Deadshot. So she's going to kill us all. And Catman says, not me. I brought the ice cream. And uh, so her claw shoots out. She goes, we have a briefing in the boiler room. Mount up. Because Scandal basically runs the secret six. They go down and have her meeting. And they're talking about how they got hired to hunt Tarantula. Uh, if you know Tarantula from other comics, pretty nasty, you know, yep. character with some stuff. Uh, but their idea is they got to go hunt her because she has something that somebody wants. Um, the comic then ends with Catman calling the Huntress while the Huntress is in the middle of a fight. She's talking about how she's kind of busy. But he's trying to find out any more information, and Huntress tells him, don't take the job because it's dangerous. It's a card that Tarantula has that they're supposed to get back, which goes back to the voice in the crate, basically. Huntress just tells him, don't do it, don't do it. It's bad, don't do it. Catman hangs up on the phone, you know, and uh, Huntress says, it's done. I hate that I said this. I want you to know that. And all of a sudden you look, and it's Batman. And he's standing there the whole time while Huntress was talking on the phone. He says, a bloodbath is coming, Huntress. What's on that card means that none of us are getting out of this with clean hands, least of all Thomas Blake, who is Catman. So basically it's kind of another introduction and setup to what the Secret Six does. They're they're a bunch of guns for hire, honestly. They're a bunch of mercenaries, and they're morally ambiguous. But as it goes, they tend to get more morals, which is great to see them, especially the way it was written. Um, the whole run is just phenomenal. It was really sad. Uh, when it ended. So I recommend if you get to read it, read The Villains United. It's a small trade paper. Back. It was only six issues for that. And then the 36-issue run of uh, Secret Six. So, yeah. Do you remember why it ended? The New 52. <clears throat> That's why. So the New 52 came out when they did the relaunch, and they didn't have it. So, like, they kind of gave it an ending for the one story because you thought basically everybody was going to die. But there yeah, were a couple yeah. of survivors. You know, they did bring back a couple of characters in the New 52. Ragdoll actually made an appearance, I think, in Batgirl, because Gail Simone was the one writing Batgirl when it was relaunched. Oh, no, they... And I'm hearing my echo. Weird. That's all it was. Weird. What were you going to say? That uh, I hear my echo every time I speak. Now I don't. I haven't changed anything. That's weird. Your computer is haunted. In the Suicide Squad... The New 52, when it was launched, um, Ragdoll was in Belle Reve, and he actually gets swallowed by a shark, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and you thought he was dead, but he, like, was still alive in the shark. No. King Shark. King Shark. Yeah, King Shark, yeah. And he was, King like, shark. alive and came out, like, a couple issues later. Right, yes, yes, he did. That's what he made. So, yeah, so... So basically, and when they relaunched the New 52, they started the new Suicide Squad up because, you know, Deadshot was originally in Suicide Squad. Right. And they so, basically took – she was doing those characters so well, it would right. have been awesome 
if she would have just continued with that book, but they kind of took that out of her hands. And Yeah, and it was unfortunate because the book was just... So the one thing I've said about Gail Simone was is she does great team books because she used to write Birds of Prey, which was great. You know, it was good. I didn't care for her run on Batgirl, you know, but... And so when they had relaunched Secret Six, I was excited for it, but the first issue was okay. Then there was a long delay for the yeah, second issue. Yeah, there was issue. a long delay. Yeah, and then just kind of, yeah, just it didn't feel like... And then Ralph Dibney showed up. Yeah, which was weird. Which, yeah, it was odd. And he didn't have the same power set. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's why, I mean... But for a 36-issue run, Secret Six was amazing. So, And, you know, to honestly get kind of the backstory with her and Knockout, with Scandal and Knockout, you you want to read Villains United because it was it was just fun. So. Yep. So, yep. So that was my old book. Okay. Well, my old book was uh, – it's in a hardcover, and I got volume one and two off of eBay several years ago. They're out of print, and I picked up – issue out of a bin and didn't even realize this was a series the first issue of it is the secret society of supervillains number one from june 1970 and it is written by it is written by jerry conway the penciler is pablo marcos thinkers bob smith and covers ernie con and our story starts off you have Captain Cold and Mirror Master in New York, and they've robbed a jewelry store. And they're being chased by armed guards. It's kind of cool. They kind of escape, you know, the in the old X-Men comics. Or not, not the X-Men comics. It's Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Right, yeah. Iceman was in there. Mm-hmm. And he would create that little trail, and he would trail all over the place. Well... He uses his ice gun and they create like a trail that they run up, which they run up over a building, which seems kind of right. Okay. Are they wearing cleats or what? Because they're not slipping or anything and the police aren't able to follow. Wow. So when they get back to their apartment, or I guess it's their hotel, and they're arguing over the amount of jewels they got. They thought it was going to be a couple hundred grand and all they got was a measly 10 grand. (laughs) So... Then, through the window breaks, and a rock comes in through the window, and it's attached with an envelope. It said it's an invitation, and the one you're not going to believe. So then the scene switches to Gorilla City, and you see Gorilla Grodd breaking out of his prison. He defeats some of the other apes, and he kind of just disappears, which I don't know how he does that. Right. (laughs) And then the scene switches to another city in New York. And it is a prison. And it's the Special Security Federal Penitentiary Number 3. You familiar with that one? What? That's awesome. Number 3. Okay. It's home to the unusual number of burglars, murderers, and embezzlers. Which that doesn't seem to match up. Because embezzlers and murderers. That's funny. So, we have Copperhead. Are you familiar with Copperhead? Yes. Yeah, I knew who Copperhead is, yes. He's a contortionist. He can fit into small spaces. And he has this costume that looks like a Copperhead. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he has a silicone surface on his suit so he can, like, slither around. And he breaks out of prison with the help of a friend who gives him 
this invitation that says he snuck in his costume because this secret society gave him money in the costume. And he's supposed to report to San Francisco to a building called the the Sinister Citadel. Gosh. <laughs> and we have another villain, Sinestro, who wow. gets an invitation in space somehow to come to scope. And he changes, when he gets to Earth, he changes his appearance so he doesn't look alien. And nobody <laughs> so he's not him. purple, pink. <laughs> but this is the funniest thing. He says, it's time I altered my appearance to that of an Earthman. A deed simply done with the aid. And get this, my illegal power ring. Oh, no. Not the illegal power ring. Now, who said it was illegal? Right. <laughs> My goodness. Wow, that's awesome. So he enters this building. It's a huge building. A woman on his way up who happens to be Star Sapphire, who at that is a villain anymore. But at that Not point, anymore. She goes back. She went back and forth a lot during that time. So, yeah. yeah. So he enters a conference room, which is kind of interesting. I'll go through all the, the villains that you see. You see, well, there are certain ones that are listed and then ones that are listed that you never see, which is kind of interesting. There's one particular one. So we have Star Sapphire, Captain Boomerang. You have the wizard from Earth 2, who's just a magician, evil magician. You have Catwoman, which you never see in the book. You never see in the issue. But it says Catwoman. And never that. That's awesome. No. Shadow Thief, Gorilla Grodd, Captain Cold, Mirror Master. And they're all wondering why... Why they're here, they don't understand, they're all getting kind of fidgety, you know. And then all of a sudden, the Justice League blasts through a wall. <laughs> the wall goes crabash. And you see uh, Yellow Oval Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Wonder Woman, and The Flash. And they're all beating the heck out of Secret Society. Until they start to get the upper hand and Grodd takes out Superman and then, all of a sudden, Grodd figures out that the the Justice League is just robots. Because he tears, <laughs> he tears the chest apart. So they defeated everybody. And, and he says, something's going in here. Something's wrong. And then this guy walks out. And he says, watch your tongue. You might say I'm your host. And it is actually the Manhunter. Oh, jeez. Not the original man. This Manhunter is a clone of one of the other Manhunters. He's a clone of Paul Kirk. He says this fight was a demonstration, a practical display of a need for a secret society. To fight them, the heroes are mortal enemies. Each of us here is what society calls a master villain, an outlaw or renegade. And then he's going through the list of people and say, hey, you, Sinestro used to be a Green Lantern, you were a Mirror Master, you were corrupted, Star Sapphire, and he goes through the whole list. Greed got to you all. Captain Cold says, what's the catch? There has to be one. He says, "There's a. we need to prove ourselves to our mysterious financer. It's the old mysterious financer. Mysterious. I was like, mysterious. Mysterious. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mysterious financer, if I can speak properly. <laughs> right. A man who will, for the moment, shall remain nameless. But everybody has to prove themselves. The first two are going to prove themselves. You, Gorilla Grodd, and you, Copperhead. You are going to go on a mission. And Gorilla Grodd's like, this is an insult. Why should I go? 
to prove myself to some mysterious benefactor. Hmm. And he says, for the only reason any of us do anything, God, God, enlightened self-interest. And he's like, okay. Fantastic is. Wow. They're sent on this mission to a lighthouse to steal a protected sphere of solid plutonium. In a lighthouse? (laughs) In a lighthouse. (laughs) That's awesome. So they get there. And they go through the guards that are at the bottom of the lighthouse, and they get up to the top, and there's some old guy up there protecting the plutonium with a gun, who they call him the creepy old man. And it actually has a box, you know. In the old days, they used to use a, a box with asterisks for notes. They don't yeah. do that too much anymore. But it says asterisk. It says, use for atomic fission. <laughs> the sphere of solid plutonium. That is awesome. So they get away, and they're trying to go to their their ship that they came in. I guess it's more of a boat that's on the water. And Copperhead is carrying this sphere, and he gets shot in the back, or shot in the arm. And he drops the plutonium into the water, and, and Grodd leaves without the plutonium or Copperhead. And they go back to the Secret Society, and he said, he reports, Grodd reports what had happened. And Manhunter said, don't worry about Copperhead betraying us. We have a ways to ensure his silence. And Cold again says, now, Manhunter, what's next? The unveiling of her generous benefactor? Manhunter just has silence. It doesn't say anything. The issue ends there. Hmm. I did this issue. It doesn't, not a lot happens, except they're formed. Sure. But I could see myself doing other issues of this to try to get the, the story, because next issue, it does say the return of Captain Comet. I'm not too familiar with Captain Comet. I thought he was a good guy. Right. But I'm not sure, and I'm flipping through issue number two, and you see uh, the Royal Flush Gang. Right. The king of the Royal Flush Gang shows up, and he's fighting Green Lantern. And it's another book that... I guess more villains popped here. You see um, Mantis from, you know, Darkseid's right. Apocalypse. And see, that's what I think we need today are more, I guess I've tried it, more villain books, actually, you know? Like, and, and that one's, you know, obviously cheesy as all get out, which is great, so. Yeah, I and think- it's, it's these characters that you never see, because I was looking through the list. Well, I turned back, and you see on number seven, it has uh, Lex Luthor, but it's it's Lex Luthor, you know, in his purple and green uniform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. It's like some of the costume designs from back then, like the Copperhead one also. But that Lex Luthor one, you go back and read the old comics, you're like, my goodness, that was something. So, <laughs> yeah. So as you keep going, you see, like, number nine has... The trickster and the creeper. Oh, sweet creeper! It just it just will be interesting to experience some of these characters for the first time and. Right, that's awesome. Yeah, so I've got an old comic. I gotta find it. It's buried in a box. Of it's an old creeper one, which is awesome. So, (laughs) so yeah, that's cool. So I may continue to do as I read through this several old issues of this because I have two hardcovers. I guess they made. What's the first? Let's say, oh, one through ten in DC Universe Special number twenty-seven. Hmm. And it's crazy. So they probably have like twenty issues. 
15 to 20 issues. But it was back in the 70s. That's great. Yeah. The the only thing that it, the cover to this it kind of gave away that the Justice League were robots. Oh, did it? Oh. Because it has a picture of them putting Batman, Green Lantern, and Flash in a trash can. Grodd is stuffing them in the trash can, and they look like robots. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's funny. But it's cool. That's cool. Well, cool, man. That's a fun one. So I'm definitely going to have to check out that Suicide Squad versus uh, Justice League. So. Yep. Sounds like a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, very cool. We had a, another good episode, despite some technical hiccups for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll piece them all together and cool. notice. You'll probably be wondering, what are they talking about? Right. <laughs> this guy keeps talking about this bar with uh, <laughs> a guy in a thong. <laughs> I don't know so, what. <laughs> that's funny. So, <laughs> well, great, man. If you'd like to contact us. Yeah. Uh, we're both on Twitter. I'm at Gotham Knight 13. Seth is Seth Must Die. And yep. then we have Too Old, Too New is our Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We had a couple tweets. Yes, we did. The last episode that we put out. The first person that tweeted us when I tweeted episode six that we just released is RAD Rad Network. He said, New episode of all. At Too Old, Too New, going in my download queue. Nice. And he retweeted it, which we thank him for. Yeah. Brian Mulvey liked or tweet. Xenozoic Xenophiles retweeted us. Nice. And so we're then, getting a little bit of... Go ahead, sorry. Yep, go ahead. So we're getting a little bit of uh, social media action, so whoo. Yeah. And then the last one, we have Sean Hegarty, mm-hmm. who has probably been with us from the beginning. Yeah, he's been around for a while, yeah. It's awesome. Great to get another episode, especially one about the extended bat, bat family. You guys rock. Nice. Awesome. Like Thank you very much. We appreciate Glad it. Glad you enjoyed that episode. So. <laughs> appreciate it. And, and uh, if you didn't enjoy it, it's Seth's fault. Yeah, yeah. Let like me know about, because I want to kill. Robin. I want to kill Dick. So. <laughs> so. Or, not, or uh, Tim. Both of them. Kill them all. Right. Kill them all. So if you'd like to send us the email, you can send email to gothamnight13 at gmail.com. Let us know how mm-hmm. we're doing, or you can uh, contact us there on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way. Anything else you'd like to add? No, that's it, man. It's good. Another good episode. Okay. Hope you guys out there enjoyed it. We enjoy doing them. Yep. We love comics, so it's always fun to bring something uh, different you know, to the table from your regular uh, comic podcast and stuff. So, yeah. So... We should be back since we're at least so far we're on a two week schedule. Yes. We, we should be back in two weeks. And for Seth, I am Bill, and we will see you later. We have come to the end of another exciting episode of the Comic Book Podcast, hosted by Bill and Seth. Join us next time. We review two old and two new comic books. Watch ya!